Okay, here we are. Off we go. And what else do we have? Verse 17. Can you give me your microphone? Turn it off. Save the battery. Nothing's recording. I took the batteries off. Verse 17, hallmark of a maidservant. Atisulav litav lakshash lista sobhagya mudra. Tatibir adika tustya chitnati pitya bahu. Naka dalita haridra garva gauri priyame charana kamala sevam. O damsel, whose golden complexion defeats the pride of the turmeric bulb scratched by fingernails, when will you be pleased to stamp my arm with the auspicious symbols embraced by red lac on your souls, thus certifying me as a servant of your lotus feet. Raghunath Das Goswami is overjoyed at Radha's offer of service. His desire has been fulfilled. He has been offered entry into the circle of her maidservants. A devotee may attain purity of heart and clarity of identity on the strength of offenseless spiritual practices and the mercy of Vaishnavas. Yet entry into Krishna's pastimes is not to be had solely by individual effort and desire. It requires a right of admission offered by those residents of Braja whom a sadhaka follows. For his part, Das Goswami has done everything he could bathing his efforts in an endless shower of tears that often threatened to flood the banks of Radhakund. And now, in the previous verse, he has finally attained a personal invitation from his worshipable goddess. Finally, his heart is at peace. At least one would think so. However, as long as a devotee is anchored to the material world, even when situated in his swarup, his immersion in Krishna's pastimes is like the Chakora bird's access to drinking moonshine. The moon appears in the night sky, but fades away with dawn. Similarly, a perfected devotee enters the pastimes of his deity only to leave them for duties in the world. In this way, peace of heart is short-lived and is quickly followed by the anxiety that would come from losing a treasure. In this regard, Krishna tells the gopis, Naham tu sakyo bhajato pijantun bhajamyami Anuvritti Vrittaye Yathadano Labda Dane Venaste 
Tachintayanyang Nibrato Naveda. The reason I do not immediately reciprocate the affection of living beings, even when they worship me, O gopis, is that I want to intensify their loving devotion. They then become a, like a poor man who has gained some wealth and then lost it, and who thus becomes so anxious that he can think of nothing else. For the Siddha, both meeting with and separation from Radha Krishna are conditions of intense bliss. While conditioned minds cannot fathom how that can be so, lovers of the Lord experience it as their tangible reality. Practicing devotees who hear of Raghunath Das Goswami's hankering for perfection and of Rakti Manjuri's service to Radha can acquire and nurture similar longings for divine fulfillment. By interest in the devotion of the Brajavasis, a devotee's heart can reflect the spontaneous love for Krishna felt by the gopas and gopis. The Brajavasi's special attraction is known as Raga. And because their acts are permeated with spontaneous attraction, their devotion is called Raga Bhakti. When an advanced devotee's spiritual practices are inspired by the Ragatmika Bhakti recorded on the pages of the Lapakushu Manjali, then his devotion is known as Raganuga, devotion in pursuance of Raga. Jiva Goswami defines spontaneous devotion in the following way. Tasya Tadrasa Raga Sudhakara Karabhasa Samulasita Hridaya Spatika Mane Sastradi Shrutasu Tadrasya Ragat Nikaya Bhakte Paripatishwapi Ruchya Jayate Tatas Tadiyam Ragam Ruchyanu Gachchanti Sa Raganuga Tasyaiva Pravartate when a devotee develops a taste for spontaneous loving attraction, raga, even though that attraction has not yet arisen in him, at that time his heart becomes like a crystal, shining as it reflects the rays of the moon of raga. By hearing about this love from scripture or from his gurus, he develops a taste for the kanda and services of a specific Rajavasi, who is the embodiment of Ragatmika Bhakti. When a devotee is attracted to follow an associate of Krishna, his subsequent devotion is called Raganuga. Spontaneous devotional service and practice may adhere to the mood of servitude, friendship, parenthood, or conjugality. It is a matter of individual taste, which is explained in the previous verse. 
generally determined by the nature of devotee's association. You really, you really interspersed this concept into a lot of your commentaries. Which concept? Inherited. Well, it's like Srila Prabhupada repeats many things throughout his purports. You're not this body, and Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and chanting Hare Krishna is the way. For so, emphasis, you mean? Huh? For emphasis? He just does it. I uh, I don't even remember generally what I've written earlier. So that's why things keep recurring. It's too it's too much to uh, you know log and uh, everything that you say and not be repetitive. And I don't think there's any harm in it either. No. No, I just noticed it. That's yeah, all. yeah. This, I mean, the, just this, the whole content is already, it gets, it's repeated probably every uh, three, four verses, uh-huh. in different ways, different words. Pure raga nuga bhakti <coughs> is dependent on exclusive attraction for spontaneous devotion and is not dependent on scriptural injunctions. Still, it is found that in the beginning of Raghunuga Sadhana, that some devotees are dependent on both logic and Shastric evidence to support their adherence to spontaneous devotion. This is a form of sadhana in which regulated and spontaneous devotion are mixed. Because such a pursuit of loving devotion is not driven exclusively by taste, ruchi, and because it is dependent on scriptural support, Jiva Goswami calls it ajata ruchi raganuga bhakti. The spontaneous practice in which exclusive taste has not taken birth, ajata, will not award devotees a compulsive yearning to serve as a follower of Das Goswami as a mandari. When, however, devotees awaken to an intense taste for the activities of Raganuga, to chanting, hearing, and remembering about Rati Manjari, and when they have a deep taste for Gopi Bhava and Radha's service, then they are on the path of Jataruchi Raganuga Bhakti. <clears throat> that is, spontaneous practice in which exclusive taste has taken birth, jata. There is a wide range of ajata, ruchi bhakti, based on the proportion of regulation to spontaneity that motivates devotees. But wherever on the scale they may be, according to Jiva Goswami's instructions on the matter, those devotees who have a special interest in topics of raja bhakti are eligible for it. Hmm. Eligible for taste. Is that, is that what it is? 
Sobre bastante. Special interest in topics of Raj are eligible for it. For Rajabhakti. Oh, for Rajabhakti. Uh -huh. Okay. Sure. The above paragraphs serve as guidance to address devotees' concern of whether they are qualified to read books such as Vilap Kusamanjali. And even when qualified, certain guidelines should be followed. One such guideline is to always remain under the tutelage of superior spiritual authority, the spiritual masters. Whether one is a practicing devotee or liberated in ecstasy, progress is dependent on spiritual supervision. Even perfected devotees consider themselves secure when under the shelter of their spiritual masters. What to speak then of those of lesser accomplishment? Another stipulation is that in the matter of conduct, devotees must always adhere to the direction of scriptures. This benefits both them and the people whom they lead. Even devotees whose taste is fully aroused require direction to chart the path of Rag as described in scripture and in Acharya's books. Rupa Goswami has taught that while the bhakti of an advanced devotee is not inspired by rules, his conduct should never fail to follow them. This is the import of verses such as Seva Sadaka Rupena and Shravanot Kirtana Adini, Vaidha Bhaktiyu Dittani Tu. Conduct contrary to the injunction of scriptures is always condemned as per the guidance of the Acharya. Shruti Smriti Puranadi Pancharachamidhi Vina Akai Tiki Haremhakir Utpatyaya Vakalpate Devotional service of the Lord that ignores the authorized Vedic literatures like the Upanishads, Puranas, and Arana Pancharatra is simply an unnecessary disturbance of society. As with all scriptures, Rasika literature is also aimed at varying audiences. <coughs> the verse, third verse of Srimad Bhagavatam's first canto describes the book's content to be suited to Rasika devotees, those who are in full who are full in knowledge of mellows. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explained this to mean that it was suitable for all Vaishnavas, and so he recommended it. Moreover, Srila Prabhupada made it his life's mission to present Srimad Bhagavatam to the world as a means to awaken and cultivate people's dormant Krishna consciousness. However, all books are not the same. Govinda Lilamrita, Krishna Bhavanamrita Mahakavya, and Gita Govinda are increasingly graded in terms of the explicit nature of Radha Krishna's love and are thus suited to an increasingly pure-hearted audience. Just because devotees have some degree of taste or greed does not make them free of lust. Therefore, devotees must be mindful to read books according to their qualification. Jiva Goswami warns devotees that when they read Radha Krishna's pastimes and find that their senses are disturbed by male feelings, Parusha Vikaravad Indriyai, they are delving into topics for which they are not yet qualified. The Acharya quotes the verse beginning Vikritam Raja Vadubir, which
which confirms that hearing of the Lord's pastimes with the gopis frees the heart of lust when read according to one's qualification. He then concludes his teachings on spontaneous devotion, saying, Rahasyat vam chatasyak vachit alpam sena kvachit tu sarvang It should also be understood that the confidentiality of these pastimes is sometimes partial and sometimes complete. Finally, devotees who have developed taste for a certain mellow of devotion should concentrate on corresponding rasa pastimes. For example, those with an inclination to either <coughs> servitude or parenthood are not advised to read Krishna's pastimes with the gopis. These are the guidelines that devotees attracted to Vajralila should follow in regards to which books of Krishna's pastimes they should read. I have a question. I've probably covered it somewhere. But is there a difference between reading the books and hearing the content of those books from the mouths of Vaishnavas who are qualified to speak on the topic? Um, you mean if uh, uh, if you hear, uh, if you're qualified to hear uh, Govinda Lilamrita, uh, to, to read Govinda Lilamrita, uh, are you thus qualified to hear uh, Mahakabya uh, from a devotee? Are you saying that... No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if someone feels that he's sufficient, insufficient in his, his detachment from the sensual concepts that are presented, and uh, therefore he's warned to not delve into those topics. But what if somebody is qualified to speak on those topics, and if he's presenting them in a way that, that uh, uh, is in tune or in sync with the adhikar of his audience? Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not reading it. He's not reading it. He's hearing it. No, the person who's speaking is not just reading the book. Yes. He's... Yes. Adjusting it according to the other yes. yeah. yeah. Sure. I'm only asking that question because... Yeah, we do it all the time. I thought it should be. Hmm. Of course, he has to know the Adhikar of his audience. And oftentimes, I, that's not the case. Well, when we do something like this, we take the Arika to be quite general. Mm -hmm. uh, general audience. Uh, of course, we're not delving too deeply into Govinda Lilamrita or Krishna Bhavani, Bhavanamrita either. Not yet. Yeah, it, it isn't. It's, it, it's a different effort to read a book than to go and to hear. to hear. And that in itself is sort of a, a qualifies someone that they make that effort. In other words, and they're really attentive. It means that they have certain eagerness for the topic. 
but it's also possible to have eagerness for the topic for the wrong reasons. like this without having to worry about uh, delving into other sensual sensual topics and getting implicated. Prabhupada says, that's in Krishna book, intro to Krishna book, that, uh, you know, people want to hear lusty topics, then let them read Krishna's Vasudeva. He does say it. Yeah, right? Yes. And uh, Vishwanath says the same thing. And uh, someone else, uh, I was just reading recently, says the same thing. It's, it's really quite shocking in one sense. That, you know, all right, if you want to you hear about something else, then here, let's read this. In other words, it's still better than... Then why are you putting out these cautionary statements? Because that, uh, you know, one thing is to really advance in Krishna consciousness and the other is to be, you know, some, somehow, somehow, somewhat purified. It's not, you know, material lust is not the path of, uh, of sadhana. But still, it's... It's better than, I don't know, going to an X-rated movie or something. Yeah, well, I wasn't suggesting <laughs> that's the alternative. <laughs> How strict is the statement here? Finally, devotees who have developed taste for a certain mellow devotion should concentrate on corresponding rasa pastimes. So you give the example, those with inclination to servitude or parenthood what about the other way? Those with an inclination to Krishna's pastimes with the gopis, does that mean they... Jiva Goswami's way, it, it, it's, it's part of these, this last statements that he makes us at the end of Bhakti Sandharva. And uh, he, he makes that statement. I mean, devotees who are really trying to nurture and move forward, they should recognize that what will actually nurture their specific type of greed is hearing those specific type of uh, leela or pastime. I don't, I don't think that it's an issue of uh, there being harm. You, you did this book on... Tamadajanari. Right. Yeah. Yeah, who doesn't? Uh... What about if the speaker feels that the audience doesn't have the adhikar to fully understand Gopi Bhav and Krishna's pastimes with the gopis, but nonetheless wants to inspire them with a sense of spontaneous devotion, such as that which is manifest between Krishna and his parents and Krishna and his cowherd boyfriends, and uh, which is I mean, innocuous in a sense, uh, because it's, uh, it's, it's not as graphic. Then, um, wouldn't that be appropriate? 
I mean, generally, our idea is to uh, let devotees know of the different types of uh, devotional service that exists. Uh, we really, really concentrate on Vaidhi Bhakti, uh, and uh, there's sort of like a, you know, hands-off when it comes to uh, just even learning about what spontaneous devotion is. So, so to teach those things, there's, there's no harm. Uh, Chakravarti Thakur does it all over the place. Does write all over the place. Finding commentaries. He expands on, on the Sakyuras, he expands on Vatsalyuras, and, and on, and on these pastimes, in his commentaries on the 10th canto in the Bhagavatam. Mm -hmm. So, it's yeah. not that he chooses to not provide commentary, extensive commentary. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think of whether devotees, you know, are inclined or not, just the idea that they should know that these things exist. And then it's up to them whether they want to, you know, just f follow the path of Vaidhi to Bob, or, you know, concentrate, focus their reading uh, a, a little more to uh, increase their uh, interest in uh, Vrajabhakti. You said they should know that these things exist. What, what things in particular? They should know the truths of a spontaneous devotion. Because ultimately that's that's where we're going at one time or another. But they might say, well, um, then what, is there a harm in hearing about the spontaneous devotion of the Gopas, uh, or Nanda Maharaj and Yashoda Mai? No, I mean, there's no harm. You're talking about pastimes. Yeah. I rarely speak of pastimes, if ever. What do you speak of? Tattva? Yeah. <coughs> I mean, some, you know, some very, very rarely. I mean, in Prabhupada, mm. always just stuck to Tattva. I mean, I write a lot about pastimes, but I, I you know, I, I feel comfortable to a certain degree, but not not just doing Leela Kata. Oh, I'm not saying, you know, I'm definitely not saying strictly Leela Kata. I'm saying about interspersing Leela into, yeah. into, into Kata. Yes. I think what is that again? You're interspersing Leela into one's Kata. Mm. Of Kata of? Of Rajabhakti. Mm -hmm. And, and, and Prabhupada interspersed Gopi Leela. And Vatsalyaras, and also yes. Sankaras. Yes. Yeah. Again, because I, I do see a tendency of devotees who, have, who don't yet have a, a sense of their aspirations, although they may have an aspiration for the mood of 
spontaneous devotional service, but they will not yet have a scent of their particular inclinations towards Sai Baba, for instance. But if they hear that it's accessible someplace, they think that better to go there, because at least I'm getting access to them. You mean heading off to yeah. some other Babaji's and stuff? Yes. Yeah. 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 And for me, that's one of the, you know, reasons when devotees say, well, you know, Prabhupada did it, and we didn't. But in, in Prabhupada's time, there was practically no competition. ISKCON had no competition. Now, ISKCON's got a lot of competition. There's a lot of people who satisfy a lot of interests out there. And somehow or another, in keeping faithful to Prabhupada's line, uh, we've got to show that it's in ISKCON. I don't disagree with that. Hmm? I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the whole basis why I'm writing these books. Otherwise, I'd be happy writing books on philosophy. Yeah, but you're writing the books. You're, but you just said yourself, you're Katasmos and Tatva. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's a difference between writing and reading and hearing. Well, if you look at the Krishna book, it's Leela embedded in Tatva. It, is Krishna book Leela better than Tattva or Tattva better than Leela? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Take your pick. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it's almost... You could say half and half. I mean, Shukadev Goswami is so much into uh, tattva. Uh, we got you know so many prayers everywhere, and generally. What about the danger of someone speaking Lilakata, especially for the sake of? reputation and to be known as an advanced devotee. That goes on a lot. Mm -hmm. Does it? Yes. Really? Where? In Iskand temples. Mm -hmm. just, I, I won't say a lot. It happens not infrequently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's about Krishna, Leela, especially Gopi Leela and the acclaim you get. It's very nice. <laughs> I mean, Govinda, uh, Radha Govinda Maharaj, he was doing uh, Bhagavad Gita and so was uh, Mahavishnu Maharaj, the elder. They were doing, but they were, uh, yeah, well, I never, when but whether it was just tenth canto or whether it was you know beginning to the end. Difficult to know because he was speaking in Hindi most of the time. Yeah. Younger devotees than them, they 
-hmm. they see this is the way to this is the nectar and it's and you get appreciation from devotees and this is what the older devotees do so yeah not only does the, the danger with that is not only does the person who's speaking become infatuated with his own reputation <laughs> but the hearers become infatuated with their reputation that because they have feeling themselves to be having the exclusive benefits of uh, of having access to such topics, and they look down upon others who are who are who show more reservation. They're more reserved. There's uh, there's one pastime where uh, when the Bhagavad Temple was already established and. One of the uh, one of the devotees in the evening was talking about Krishna Lila, but specifically Bal Krishna Lila, so young cowherd boy Lila. And when Bhakti Stanta Saraswati Thakur heard of that, he, he maybe he was already in Puri at the time. He said, no, 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 this is not not our line, we don't just talk about Krishna Lila. Uh, even, even if it's not Gopi Lila, even if it's, you know, Kahu Lila, it's not, it's not our line. And he stopped it. Not just Lila. Just Lila. Yeah. Like what Bhagavad Sapta has. Usually, uh, Usually uh, are outside our line. Is it possible that he was making such a taking such a strong position because he wanted to differentiate what what we should be hearing in our temples as opposed to the those who are conducting Bhagavad Sattahas? I I I can't say. I was trying to remember whether I whether it was Sridhar Maharaj who spoke that or whether it's in Bhaktisanta Saraswati Thakur's biography. Uh, but it's there. It's there. I mean, Sridhar Maharaj was so conservative. So conservative. Wise Prabhupada chanting Jai Radhamadava. And, uh, you know, the Tulsi RT. Oh, he... Question that. Tell CRT. Jai Radha Madhava, I don't know. I think it was in the same, same com conversation. Same conversation. And, uh, yeah, we're swinging the deities. He says, we're, we're not so advanced with that. But these things, you know, that was sort of my feeling with New Dam at the end of. Navaraja Mahima, I did like 75 pages describing different Vaishnava festivals and how to celebrate them throughout the year. And unless we provide some kind of, you know, cultural alternatives connected with Krishna consciousness, uh, devotees will okay, I, you know, come to the temple and I'll go to Janmashtami as a festival, but it doesn't, uh, 
it, it doesn't become their form of entertainment, their form of, uh, you know, something that uh, continually drives uh, their interest in, uh, in, their, in spiritual life. Because um, there's so many Vaishnava festivals, so many Vaishnava festivals. You know, uh, appearance of Jamuna Devi. So we have Jamuna, go down to the Jamuna. And generally, it's, it's always the same. It's discussing pastime, arti, kirtan, prasadam. But uh, it brings, brings a community together and so on. Unfortunately, they don't, uh, they do some, but they, they just, too busy. They at New Brunchina. Yeah. That's one thing I've always appreciated about Dina Bandha Prabhu. You'll never miss a Vaishnava Appearance Day festival. If it's, uh, he, I just noticed that about him. If wherever he is, if there's an Appearance Day festival, or even if it's remote, something, he, he, he needs to speak about it. And, 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 he speaks about it. Yeah, he does. Draw people's attention. I always appreciate that about him. He's, yeah, he's a real asset, ISKCON asset. Yes. Yeah. Very wonderful. I remember once at the Bhakti Sangama festival. It was somehow it was some appearance of disappearance day. And you know, he just felt compelled. You can't <laughs> you can't over overlook the event and the auspiciousness of the day. You have to observe it by kata, relevant kata. And he did it <laughs> beautifully. <laughs> that's, uh, that's one thing that we do. I mean, it's minimal. One thing that we do is devotees discuss if there's a, a triad, then they go to, they do kirtan, go down to the samadhis, everyone does pushpanjali, offer RT. And if it's, if it's uh, summertime, then they sit and they talk. It's, it's, it's nice. It's nice. Shall we? Well, I had one more question about, finally, devotees who have developed taste for a certain level of devotion to concentrate on corresponding rasa pastime. Now, in speaking to a general audience, does that mean one should avoid Dwarka Lila? The, what, uh, because when, it's one's taste, regardless of one's taste, it's just helpful so, for the audience. Someone has taste. So to cultivate taste, you cultivate it with the same type of rasa. Uh, in other words, one shouldn't mistakenly think that you can cultivate your taste by cultivating 
with any kind of rasa, which means that in a systematic way, one focuses on tattva, lila, uh, of uh, that devotee, those devotees, and uh, that mellow to which one is attracted. In other words, you can't, you can't cultivate uh, Mathuria Ras by also cultivating hearing is one thing. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. For this, the audience, just like Prabhupada would speak yes. about Dwarka Leela. Yes. Krishna yes. book has Dwarka Leela in it. Yeah. How, do you, how do you teach yeah, Bhagavatamita without <laughs> talking about Dwarka Leela? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hearing is one thing. And then cultivating, which, which actually really means smarna. Yes. Getting to the stage of meditating on it, chanting Hare Krishna while, uh, you know, remembering pastimes and so on, so that that one does according to one's specific taste. But hearing, hearing is always good. Just for one's general a general upliftment and purification. Prabhupada makes that point in the beginning of Nectar Devotion, doesn't he? That the importance of hearing, hearing about Krishna no matter what, mm. what pastime, what uh, mood is there, mm. it's always beneficial for yeah. the hearer. I mean, how many times Prabhupada's, you know, saying that the Sahajas, they say that, you know, we're not interested in Krishna and Kurukshetra and stuff like that. Because I see in, in audiences that haven't developed any particular inclination, they're fascinated by Jarasandha getting just terminated and... <laughs> just get attached somehow. Jena, Kena, Prakari, you know. Somehow or another, <laughs> get attached, and then later on, uh, once general attachment to Krishna is there, then, yeah, I mean, all of Shastra is about the atta- attachment to Krishna, and ultimately, we're going to Shimati Vadarani, but we always hear about Krishna, 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 Krishna. And, and first, Aishwarya should be there, even though later on, you know, Aishwarya is not, uh, not a direction that you go in. But in the beginning, you have to have it. You have to appreciate Krishna's divinity, greatness, creation, uh, universal form. I always refer to that reference in Sanat Siksha. That Lord Chaitanya was instructing Sanatana Goswami, and he was speaking about, you know, Aishwarya. I mean, so much about the unlimited planets in the, in the spiritual sky. He's speaking about, he told the whole story about Brahma coming from all the different universes. And then after speaking all about Aishwarya, then, then it, it stimulated within him. <laughs> yeah, you, you speak enough about Krishna in, in Lord Chaitanya's line, then you're going to come to that. 
Yeah. And then Lord Chaitanya started expanding on Krishna's qualities. And, co- and, and the conjugal movement. The, the Madhurya overcame him. It just welled, welled up and came out. Yeah, by talking about Krishna. I remember Prabhupada writing the BBT complaining, who's filling my books with simply pictures of Krishna and the gopis? We want to see how Krishna controls everything. Hmm. That's what we want to see. It would be uh, so nice if Prabhupada was here now. I mean, for absolutely many reasons, but one of them is uh, what would he be telling us? And how would he, how would he balance it? All the new new people, newcomers, and I tell you how he would balance it. His devotees. Of course, I can't say I know what Prabhupada would do. But he, he, even in 1972, Prabhupada talked about boiling the milk. It's now it's time to boil the milk. And he says, as you wrote, after several letters you wrote in 72, and boiling the milk. What do you mean by that? Place emphasis on having the devotees become more qualified. Before, and he's even said, less emphasis on outreach more emphasis on making our leaders more qualified. Seven. Huh? What, what's the These glasses are so good. Huh? These glasses are so good. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Remember before I was just complaining, I couldn't see properly. So good. They knew? Yeah, I got him, I don't know, a week, a month back. But, well, earlier than that. Um. Hmm. Was your question answered? Yes. Do you want to continue? Time is it? Devotees who have not yet awakened their taste or greed. Or the past. Devotees who have not yet awakened their taste or greed, but who have a desire to do so, can learn to meditate upon Krishna Lila and thus worship the divine couple according to the process that Raghunath Das Goswami outlines in his Manasiksha, which is summarized below. Such a systematic and regulated effort will gradually awaken a natural taste for Krishna consciousness. Since spontaneous devotion is manifest through a pure mind, three perfections of the mind are essential in acquiring taste, control, purification, and training. The lessons leading to such attainment begin with humble submission to spiritual masters, to Vaishnavas, to sadhana bhakti, enriched with nam sankirtan, and to Radha, Krishna, and Vrindavan. And while Vaishnavas are respectful of Vedic injunctions, prescriptions of the Vedas in the matter of karma, jnana, or yoga should not be allowed 
to stand in the way of the superior activities of chanting, hearing, and remembering. Pure devotional service must always be sadhaka's only means and only goal. It's like Bhagavad Gita. I mean, in one sense, Krishna speaks about all these other things, and then at the end he said, okay, now you can forget Sarvadharma, Paritya, So, you know, devotees may hear about all kinds of other things, and then when they're particularly uh, qualified, then they focus. I, that wasn't the exact point I was trying to make. Let's just continue. <laughs> I lost it. Moreover. Moreover, because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not different from Radha Krishna, as explained earlier in the verse, yata yata gora padala vinde, Sadaka's approach to the divine couple is through service to Goranga, but neither Gora nor Radha Krishna can be accessed directly. They only reveal themselves through the spiritual master who guides the disciples, who guides disciples along the path of Raga Bhakti. Thus the spiritual master is revered as the beloved of the Lord and the object of daily meditation via the Guru Gayatri Mantra and other forms of worship. In earlier verses of this book, Raghunath Das Goswami has already shown that devotees must respect and follow acharyas like Srup Damodar, Rupa Goswami, and Sanatan Goswami in both their sadhaka and siddha forms. Practitioners must train their minds to identify as followers of our spiritual lineage, both externally in their sadhaka rupa and when qualified internally in their siddha rupa. To make the mind suitable for bhakti and especially for remembrance of pastimes, certain bad habits must be eradicated. Such purification is made successful only with the help of great devotees. These bad habits are the harlots of non-devotee association, the tigress of liberation, the highwaymen of lust and greed, the urine bath of duplicity. This is Manasiksha. This is Manasiksha. Mm. Yeah. And the outcast of fame as a great devotee. In order to clear their hearts of every vestige of such wickedness, Raghunath Das Goswami advises devotees to sincerely beg the Lord for the gift of praying. This is the only surety by which devotees will acquire a pure mind and a strong taste for the service of a Vrajabhasi. Yata dustatvam me dharayati shastasyapi kripaya yata mayam premamritam api dadatyujvalam aso yata sri gandharva bhajana vidaye prerayati mam tata goshte kakra giridharam ihatvam bhaja manaha so he will mercifully break the wickedness of rascal me. So he will give me the splendid nectar of transcendental love. 
and so he will engage me in Shirada's service. Please, O oh mind, with words choked with emotion, worship Lord Gididhari here in Braja. As a devotee becomes purified of bad habits, his devotion should be increasingly focused on Braja and its presiding deities. While devotees should always offer respect to other forms of Krishna, they should not cultivate excessive affection for Lord Narayan or his incarnations. Love should be for Radha and Krishna. The Acharya says, Apitra Lakshmi Patiratim Ito Vyoma Nayanin. Give up attraction for Lord Narayana, which leads to the world of Vaikuntha. In summary, service to and association with devotees who are realized in loving devotion will not only free sadhakas of bad habits, but will direct their affections away from the Lord's many forms to the fountainhead of them all. In that way, one assuredly gains mastery of the mind and becomes a candidate for pure love. When the mind comes to heal, either by effort or attraction, devotional service and practice becomes rewarding and the Lord's pastimes accessible. The process of ecstatic meditation focuses upon the delightful pastures, lakes, and forests around Kobardan Hill, specifically upon the groves surrounding Radha Kun where Radha and Krishna reside as inseparable lovers who are joyfully accompanied by gopis including Lalita and Vrishaka. The followers of Rupa Goswami worship Sri Radha as the most spiritually endowed gopi, who by her beauty and qualities not only defeats all consorts of heaven, Vaikuntha and Braj, but also completely subdues Krishna, transforming him into her attendant. Devotees who attain maturity in spontaneous devotion become qualified to hanker after direct service to Radha and Krishna in the forest of Gokul. But to gain entrance to such pastimes, a devotee must externally worship Ra, Rupa Goswami and internally serve Rupa Manjari. Then, in time, as shown in the verses of Vilapa Kushu Manjali, Devotees become recognized associates of Radha's main servants. To realize this perfection, Raghunath Das Goswami mandates the following indispensable limbs of bhakti. Samam Sri Rupena Smara Vivasha Radha Giri Bhattor Vrajay Sakshad Seva Labana Vidaya Tadgana Yujoho Tadijyak Ya Dhyana, Shravana, Nati, Panchamritam, Idam, Dayam, Nitya, Govardhanam, Anudinam, Dham, Bhajamanaha. O oh, dear mind, in order to attain the direct service of Radha Giridhari and their charming attendants, you must daily drink with Sri Rupa Goswami the five nectars of worshipping them, chanting their names, meditating on them, hearing about them, and bowing down before them. And every day, you must worship Govardhan Hill. Is that the conclusion of your statement? 
must externally worship Rupa Goswami. I'm just curious. Is this the, the verse that you quoted? Is that because you say must daily drink with Sri Rupa Goswami the five nectars of worshiping them? Was that f expanding on that point of externally worshiping Rupa Goswami? Well, doing these things along the line of Rupa Goswami's teachings. Uh, this Rupa Goswami's method of worshiping, chanting, etc., nectar devotion, nectar. Someone may ask, how does one externally worship Rupa Goswami? Well, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Prabhupada writes in one purport that Krishna's Kaivaraj Goswami was not a direct disciple of Rupa Goswami, but he always followed his instructions, and at every the end of every chapter, he's begging for his mercy. Really begging for his mercy. And... Bow down. I like that. I like that answer. I just wanted to say. <laughs> and bow down what? Offer obeisances. Thinking, thinking about just like we think about Prabhupada, think about Rupa Goswami. Also, topics regarding Rupa Goswami. Just like we say, Prabhupada says, you know, we should know, Rupa Goswami says. Sri Rupa Hridaye, what is that verse? Entering into the heart of Sri Rupa Goswami, Lord Chaitanya, empowered him to fully realize the conclusions of all scriptures. Sri Rupa Hridaye Prabhu Shakti Sancharila. I don't know the verse. Yeah, Chaitanya Charitamrita. And the associates of Mahaprabhu recognize that he, the only way he could have these realizations is because you empowered him. Yeah. It's a mystery to me how they do it. I mean, I researched it. How they, what's the actual way they hold that stylo? It's like, like it's like that. I saw looking at videos of people doing it. And holding it on their knee, like that. That's the uh, asana. It's a piece of wood, piece of hard wood, and they put it on. It's definitely uh, quite different than sitting in front of a computer screen. The <laughs> most. <laughs> Okay, may I press, press the button? Hare Krishna, everybody.